and welcome to the 140th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Brett Clark, and with me is Roger Etner. Roger, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you. Also joining us today is Bill Hogue, CEO of Gigapower, a joint venture between BlackRock and AT&T. Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So, Bill, you are planning to bring fiber connectivity to places that don't have that right now. Correct. And you made a big announcement last week about the launch of the joint venture with AT&T and, and BlackRock. Can you talk with us a little bit about the parameters around it and, and where you're going and what this is all about? Yeah. Well, it's a uh, jointly controlled joint venture between AT&T and BlackRock. And what we've built is a commercial wholesale open access platform that, as you mentioned, builds fiber to the home in areas where there's currently not a fiber provider. And what we've built here is something that internet service providers can ride on top of and offer service to customers uh, using our network. AT&T is an anchor customer, the first you know, kind of retail ISP that's providing service on this platform, but it's going to be open to other ISPs that would like to offer service and, and take advantage of the uh, you know, open access platform that we've built. And I looked at the list of, of the markets where you're going. You know, in, in Arizona, there are two more suburbs besides Mesa of Phoenix, which is a rapidly growing market. There are some markets in, in Alabama and Florida, and Florida is like growing significantly. But it's also Northeast Pennsylvania in like Verizon's footprint, Wilkes Bar and, and Scranton. Can you talk a little bit more about the logic, how you pick these markets? Yeah, well, for like Wilkesbury and Scranton, there's really not a lot of choice in terms of high-speed internet in that particular set of communities there. And Verizon has chosen not to invest in those areas. And we think it's an opportunity to bring multi-gig speed broadband to those communities. And we've gotten a terrific reception from the community. They're excited about us investing in their community. They think it's long overdue and they are very enthusiastic about having us come into that community and provide uh, a very competitive product and one that really currently isn't available in, in those sets of communities. Yeah, and uh, fiber is a, is a terrific technology. I'm using fiber for over the last 15 years. And, you know, I know Brett is waiting to, to use fiber uh, very soon when when it becomes available in, in San Diego. So can you talk a little bit about the strategy? Because you're looking at like 1.5 million locations covered, and it's quite a few markets. So you are basically then looking at, at segments of the city where you're going to roll out, and then what comes next? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, we've announced the 1.5 million locations, but we think the opportunity is a lot larger than that. And even in some of the communities that we've announced, it's, as you rightly pointed out, a subset of the total opportunity that's uh, available in that particular market. So let's take a market like Las Vegas as an example. 
what we've announced and what our initial phase one plan is, is rather modest in size, but has the opportunity to expand uh, significantly in the coming uh, you know, months. And it gives us an opportunity to have a beachhead, if you will, of a good, solid operation that's uh, growing and then continue to expand and build on top of it. So we have big plans to continue to go well beyond what we've announced, but there's just so much opportunity there. It's exciting to kind of see where where we can go next. Yeah, and with the you know with the number of locations that you've announced here, you're I, I look at it like you're you're placing your bets in different places. You are testing on the ground if your assumptions were right by customer uptake, right? And from that, then you can decide where to double down and what other markets to look at, right? Absolutely. I mean, there are some that we will already have operations in that will expand. And then there are some markets where it's in our selection process funnel and they're brand new markets uh, that we think there's additional opportunity to build out. So I, I think it's really a combination of both. So... Can you talk a little bit more about your choice of having become a open access provider? Because I think this is very encouraging and very good for competition, right? And, you know, it, it drives a lot of, of possibilities. It does. We think this commercial wholesale open access platform is, is something that's long overdue in the U.S., an opportunity to drive network utilization up by having multiple internet service providers riding on the platform. And it's a capital light way for ISPs to offer service and take advantage of, you know, kind of shared network economics. And that, that kind of win-win in terms of having better utilization of the assets that you've built and providing ISPs a capital light way to enter a market and compete. The, that combination is, you know, very powerful. And we've received a lot of strong interest from internet service providers that would like to explore writing on this platform. Yeah, and, and, and it also hits the same note that we hear here from Washington that they want to have more competitors and, it, you know, more offers in the market. And it, it helps address the economic reality that no place in the world supports five or, or, or more or even probably three physical networks, right? Yeah, it's uh, when you take a step back from it, you look at it, you go, okay, does it really make sense for three service providers to build three separate networks and try to recover their cost of capital on a standalone basis, you go, okay, wh why would anybody do that? You look at it and you go, okay, this is, this is a model that's, like I said, long overdue, where you can build one network and they can all compete in a very efficient way and offer you know, different bundles, different product portfolios, and differentiate themselves by going after different segments, but not have to build their own separate network to be able to accomplish that. And that is, I think, the thing that's really groundbreaking about the platform that we're building. Yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned 
the 1.5 million subscriber goal, by when do you expect to hit that goal? Or, or uh, 1.5 million homes passed, right? When do you expect to hit that goal? I think right now our plan is set for completion by 2025. Obviously, if we end up building more, we'll start sooner and just carry on the build plan to just expand where we today have got our plan set. So I would expect that as we evaluate phase two and phase three, we would just tack it on to the end of our phase one plan and and just keep building. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when, when we look at the market, you know, I would expect the the build phase for fiber to to last probably about until 27, 28. And we should hit pretty much everything that can be economically feasibly be connected, even with Beats Money. And Beats Money is like for way out in rural America, right? Because you need to have, for, for Beats availability, the, the existing speed needs to be below 100 megabits per second. So that is quite rural then, right? Yeah, I think you'd be surprised. I think it's a combination of uh, suburban and rural, where there are communities that are underserved in terms of the 100 megabits per second or faster. That's one of the things that we think is a great uh, fit for this platform in that governments and municipalities don't have to pick winners or losers in terms of bead funding. They can pick a, a platform like Gigapower and also bring a lot of competition to the market at the same time. So they get kind of the best of both worlds. They get a, a fiber-based network that is really capable and has you know a long-term life in terms of its technology evolution and capability. And they get multiple ISPs that will be able to offer service so their communities will have good competition and choice. And you know, in our discussions with a number of the state broadband directors, we've received very good feedback from them that this is the kind of model that makes a lot of sense for them. And so we're encouraged by that. We think that's going to open a lot of doors in terms of what we'll be capable of providing communities as we get into this being funding segment of the build, as you suggest. Terrific. I'm very excited about seeing the first markets go go live. When do you expect the first markets to go live? We're, We're actually offering service in Mesa today. Our anchor tenant, AT&T, is activating customers every day. Customers have been very excited about having the opportunity to have a a multi-gig product to choose from. And we're very encouraged and bullish about how things are going in our first market. And we expect that that kind of momentum will continue as we launch additional markets. Great. And and all of these markets will be multi-gigabit service, right? Yes, we're offering uh, right out of the gate XGS PON and we'll be capable in in the initial offering up to five gig and expandable over time to up to 20 gig. So we've got a platform that will be able to evolve with emerging demand and uh, new applications that need more speed, more data, lower latency, So we've got a very capable platform that's going to be evolve over time 
and allow us to continue to offer competitive products well into the future. Terrific. Well, Bill, thank you very much for for coming on the show. Really appreciate you telling us more about GigaPower and and where it's going. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Roger, for having me. I enjoyed it. All right. Thank you, Bill. And that's all the time we have to, for today. And thank you, as always, Roger. Thank you. Thank you.